0: hello my beauties and welcome to a brand new episode of tea talk with sha today we're going to be talking about all the trending topics all over social media and the internet and we're also going to be getting into black women on bravo why there's so many lawsuits and what is really going on behind the scenes at the network so you're not going to want to miss this one stay tuned This episode has been sponsored in part by Melanin Tresses by Kim K. What better time to start incorporating self-care into your lives since we've been staying home more? Melanin Tresses by Kim K. has you covered for hair care. Whether you're trying to grow your hair back after a big chop or you're struggling to maintain length and achieve thickness, they have an oil for you. All melanin tresses by Kim K products are all natural and handcrafted with you in mind. Their oils and butters are infused with Avriotic blends, Jamaican black castor oil, and essential oils. The oils repair and help grow long, thick, healthy hair. They're currently offering a buy one, get one half off scalp massagers to pair with your oils. So go ahead and shop now at www.melanintresses.bykimkay.com and all the information will be in the show notes. Okay, my beauties, let's just hop into these topics. So the first one, Wendy Williams' family feud. So as we all know, Wendy's mom, Miss Shirley, passed away late last year. Um, Wendy was extremely close to her mom, both of her parents, really. And she took her mother's passing very hard. Her brother Tommy took to social media last week and called out his sister saying that she did not come to their mother's funeral and that he overall she was not concerned with her mother's death and really felt like the family should um configure to her because she was going through a lot with um, her separation and then eventual divorce from her husband of many years. So Wendy went on her platform, her show, and addressed Tommy directly and she basically said, you know, we're brother and sister in name only and she really feels like it was tasteless for her for him to bring this up that Wendy possibly did not go to her mother's funeral. And to make it seem like she was so wrapped up in her own stuff that she didn't go to her mother's funeral. Um, And she just basically addressed it. She didn't explicitly say, no, he lied. I went to my mom's funeral. Uh, but, you know, she did have words for Tommy. And the clip is, of course, going viral. So what I think about it is, I don't know if she went to her mother's funeral or not. I know people grieve in different ways. I understand with everything else that she was going through, especially having dealt with addiction last year, it may have been a major, major, major trigger for her to be at her mother's funeral. And I know that she doesn't want to fall off the wagon and start using again. So if you know she had to not go to her mother's funeral to maintain her sobriety, that could have been one of the reasons why or she may have decided to have a private memorial, you know a lot of people go to these events, it's supposed to be family, it's supposed to be private, but she's a public figure, maybe she just didn't want to fall out in front of everybody like that, knowing that the clips would go viral you know however she showed up, however she looked that day um that would be the talk of everybody's um blogs and podcasts and YouTube videos. So she figured she would have a private memorial just so she can grieve and, you know, say goodbye to her mother in her own way. I feel like this is a cheap shot from her brother trying to gain attention, honestly, because I think that with everything that's been going on, Wendy's movie is coming out as well as her tell all biography at the end of the month in a couple weeks and I truly feel like Tommy wants attention and Or he's mad about something that may come out in her movie critics have been saying that got the advanced copy of wendy's biopic that it is juicy that she is telling all that they were shocked by her transparency so there may be something going on with her brother that he doesn't want the people to know about that is in her biopic so we have to stay tuned um And we have to just look and see what is revealed to see what may be motivating her brother. But I do think it's just a cheap shot for attention. However, she grieved her mother's death is her business. Um, I haven't lost a parent, thank God. But I can only imagine how it feels to lose a parent and then to be judged on how you grieve that loss. So let's just try to keep it respectful, people. Um, Moving on to the next topic, Rolling Ray is still being hospitalized. His wig caught fire last week and he now has facial burns and he's going to require surgery. Now, if you don't remember, Rolling Ray is the um, Instagram and I guess YouTube sensation. He rolls around on his uh, wheelchair. He raps, you know, he's, he's just... He's fun, you know, always giving a little quote, a little rap, a little internet beef. You know, he's he's serving the kids what they want on social media, especially Instagram. So his wig caught fire last week and he is going to require surgery. You can tell by the... Uh, lives that he's been going on that he has tons of um skin uh damage and it looks like you know second and third degree burns all over his face and his head and he has to have surgery this week so we just want to keep him in our prayers and he's also going live quite often from his hospital bed to let fans know his progress so if you want to know any of that you can check him out on his instagram the next topic, YFN Lucci um, is denied bail. So also last week, I think on Wednesday, he turned himself in. He was wanted for murder. And he turned himself in last week. He had his first virtual court appearance today and he was denied bond in that court appearance. Now, Lucci is accused of shooting someone while they were in a car and then driving off a bystander actually stopped their car and held the person until they passed away in their arms. It's a, such a tragic story. And, um, you know, allegedly Lucci was there or he was the shooter or he, you know, was with the shooter in the car at the time of this man's death. So there's not that many details about who the man was, what their relationship was or whatever the situation is, but, um, they have definitely denied his bail today. So he will, um, be in jail for a little longer until I guess his lawyers can figure out something else as to why he shouldn't have to sit in jail or he can do house arrest until his court date. But you know, he is wanted for murder. So he may be in jail until his court date. So I guess more, um, on that. And of course, this is the boyfriend on again, off again, boyfriend of Regina Carter and speaking of the Carter family little Wayne is um gearing up to be pardoned apparently sources are saying that Trump is currently drawing up the paperwork as his term ends for little Wayne's pardon now we talked about this a couple weeks ago little Wayne is actually um on uh he's up for some possession charges again up to uh he's facing a minimum of 2 years For the weapon possession, Uh, it's a gold-plated gun that was found on a private plane. There was also drugs and other paraphernalia found on the plane. His team copped to that and he couldn't get away with not copping to the gun because I think it was in his personal bag and it's gold. And I think it has his initials on it or something. So it was pretty obvious that the gun was his. So last minute during the election season, he began to endorse Trump and everybody kind of wondered why he would do that. Um, he also started selling off his masters and he released, um, all of the Carter's to streaming platforms. So he's been doing things to kind of stack his money up. So we don't know if a big purchase is about to come. We don't know if he was doing that because he thought he might get jail time and now he needs money to pay the lawyers and take care of his family and do all that stuff while he was in jail well it looks like he may not have to worry about that if Trump makes good on his promise and um pardons him I'm not surprised about this in the least I mean little Wayne has not been an activist ever um he's always made comments about being rich and loving white people and Just, you know, just the fact that his being rich puts him in another class that he's no longer facing the issues that black people face, which is just uh, that's a whole nother podcast, right? So, yep, we kind of assumed that he was doing it like a tit for tat situation with Trump and um, with a few hours left, it seems because the inauguration is the 20th, we were going to see what is going to happen, um, as far as little Wayne getting us pardoned? So we will keep you posted. Uh, still scamming Prince Donnell and Dana Chanel welcomed their baby boy. Um, You know, nice and healthy. Everything was good with her child. She went live several times after her labor to promote Curl Bible. And then Prince Donnell used the opportunity of holding his son and sharing his baby with the world to plug their new life insurance business, Jumping Jack Life Insurance. You know, I wasn't even going to talk about them again because I really feel like the mini sip covered it all. If you haven't listened to it, it's back towards the beginning of our podcast. It's called Scamming for Christ. It's a mini sip and goes into detail about the scams of Prince Donnell and Dana Chanel. But I will say that knowing that that post would get traction because people want to see the baby and, you know, all that baby stuff that people love to see they decided to use that opportunity to plug their businesses. So there's really no moment that is sacred to them. Everything is about plugging their businesses. Everything is about continuing to scam people. And I really don't want to get into the details of the scams because it's in the the past episode, like I said. But I will say before you invest any kind of money into them, please go and look at some of these YouTube videos. Whether you believe everything they say or whether you don't, at least educate yourself before you give your money away to these people because they are notorious scammers and they will do anything to not work. (laughs) And that's been proven. So just go ahead and research them before you give them anything and just really look into how they've made their money. Just look into that before you send them more of your hard-earned money. So next in the vein of scamming, um, (laughs) Ms. Masika That's her name, right? Masika, uh, from Love & Hip Hop and her new fiance, Jamar, had a huge, lavish, um, engagement party in the middle of a pandemic and there were reportedly cameras there, um, you know, Mystica got up and made a huge speech about being in love with Jamar after putting him on hold for 10 years and not wanting to be with him, that she finally gave him a chance to date her. And now the two are engaged. She talked about his bond with with her daughter and all types of things. Um, this really only added to the suspicion that a lot of people felt for a long time that she is recording a reality show for Zeus. Now, Zeus is a streaming platform that a lot of VH1 stars have kind of flocked to after doing VH1. Chance from Chance and Real is on there. Um, Jocelyn Hernandez is on there. So, you know, Black China, a bunch of people, but Black China's coming back to we, but. A bunch of stars that were on VH1 and other, you know, E! and other shows, they went over to Zeus. And now it's being rumored that this whole engagement, everything that was going on was just a storyline for Masika's Zeus show that may be premiering this summer. So I guess we won't know that until, um, you know, we start seeing promos for that. So moving on to the last topic, speaking of promos, everything's kind of flowing today. You feel the flow? Um, (laughs) Speaking of promos, T.S. Madison, one of my favorites, Aunt Maddie, has finally confirmed that she is indeed a reality star now. Um, she scored a new show called the TS Madison experience, and it's going to be airing March 4th on we TV, uh, just a little background. If you didn't know TS Madison is a tra as a trans, um, woman, And she's an entertainer. She's a media mogul. She hosts a morning show. She hosts tons of different chat shows. I mean, anything you could think about media wise, she has her hands in it. You know, she's a businesswoman. She used to be an adult star, and she still capitalizes off that. She's just amazing. I really enjoy watching her content. She is one of the funniest and sweetest people um that's out there because she's just really so genuine with her opinions and you know with her being somebody who's marginalized who's looked down upon just for being trans just for being black just for being a woman all these things she still finds a way to make everybody laugh and just be kind of the life of the party and be a joy so I really cannot wait to um watch this and I really encourage people to watch it that if you feel like You haven't seen um, trans representation in the real world or you haven't really gotten a chance to understand, like, how can people function and like, what is it? And if you have these kind of questions, I think you should definitely, definitely watch her reality show because I think she really breaks it down um, pretty simply. And it just kind of puts a face to maybe something you've never seen before. So I'm really proud of we for doing this and giving her this opportunity and giving us an opportunity to see, you know, how she lives and how she's doing and all that good stuff. So these are our trending topics for this week. Stay tuned for our sports report
1: hello 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 out there and welcome to the sports update with j rob i will be covering the divisional playoff round of the NFL. So let's get started. The Green Bay Packers defeated the Los Angeles Rams. The Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers threw for 296 passing yards along with two touchdowns. This is the first time that Aaron Rodgers has had the opportunity to play the NFC Championship game at home and he will be at home in Green Bay hosting the Buccaneers next weekend. The Buffalo Bills defeated the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, The Buffalo Bills defense held... The Ravens to zero touchdowns in this contest and shut them down completely in the second half. Buffalo outscored Baltimore 14-0 in the second half. The Buffalo Bills are making their first AFC Championship game appearance since 1994. The Kansas City Chiefs defeated the Cleveland Browns. The Browns had the f- football down by five points with eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter and couldn't deliver. The Chiefs are headed to their third straight AFC championship game. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat the New Orleans Saints. The Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady threw for 199 passing yards and had two touchdown passes. The Buccaneers outscored the Saints 17 to 7 in the second half. The Buccaneers advanced to the NFC championship game for the first time since 2002. And now, I will give you the schedule for both the NFC and the AFC championship games. The uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are traveling to Green Bay to play the Packers, and that game will be at 3.05 p.m. on Fox on Sunday, January 24th. And in the AFC Championship game, the Buffalo Bills are traveling to Kansas City to play the Chiefs, and that game will be at six. 40 p.m on cbs on sunday january 24th and this has been the sports update with j-rob have an awesome week
0: okay beauties you know what time it is my favorite part of the podcast we're gonna get into the deep dive and today's deep dive is black women on bravo so we're gonna get into a little bit like what really kicked off Bravo, what really made Bravo the network that it is today, and why so many women are turning around and suing the company for unfair business practices. So let's start off with what Bravo was. Bravo was started somewhat like a logo network. It was supposed to be a network for queer people, you know, gay people, people that wanted to watch something different on TV that was more focused to what they wanted to see on TV. And it had like... HGTV type shows, like home makeover shows, you know, dress up makeover shows and all types of just a lot of makeover shows. A lot of shows of people like light reality, like reality where you don't follow the people from week to week. It's just a once a week thing. You get a little taste of who they are. Then you move on to the next person, move on to the next person. So then Desperate Housewives comes out. So Desperate Housewives in the early 2000s was kind of like a phenomenon starring Eva Longoria, Felicity Hoffman, who was just, you know, in all that legal trouble and, you know, just Brie Vandekamp, like all the rest of the house. That was her show name. I forgot her real name, (laughs) but it was basically like there was an obsession with being a housewife. So then we got this idea for the series, Real Housewives, and then real housewives was supposed to be this is what we really do we're not desperate housewives we're not conniving we're not doing this we're not doing that we're actually living this life of opulence we're actually running around spending all this money with these huge houses and these nice cars and our kids are decked out and all this designer clothes and all these things so real housewives was almost like a real like the show, um, the real lives of the rich and famous for us to kind of get a sense of who they are fighting with their friends or whatever else is going on. So Real Housewives of Orange County actually started off first. So that was like the flagship. And then soon after that, Nene Leakes brought a demo with her friend at the time, Kim Zolciak, and they both had a lot of money. They both were able to kind of, you know, spend that money on producing a pilot because they really thought that OC oh, is cool but what we have in Atlanta would definitely be something that people would love 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 to watch every week. So that's the idea that Nini sold to Bravo and Andy Cohen jumped on it at the time. I mean Real Housewives was one of the only franchises at the time that was really bringing in money and bringing in viewership. So how many episodes can you really film of the same women over and over? They needed to make a Real Housewives in other cities to really make it work. So NeNe dropped the pilot. They approved it. Then they started filming. So the original six or seven women, NeNe, Kim, Sharae, Deandra Snowden, um i think lisa Wu was also in that first season so the first season was something unlike anything we ever saw a bunch of rich black women spending money going out lunching and doing all the things they were doing in oc but this was kind of like the black version the the atlanta elite version so we watched this show, the show was going off, everything like that. So that, now that you have a history of the show and kind of where it came from, now let's get into what's going on today. So recently in a podcast interview with Tamar Braxton, Nene goes into the fact that she wasn't fired from Real Housewives, that she actually left the show on her own terms. And she admitted that she wanted to leave the show where she should have left the show a few seasons ago because she just didn't see it for herself anymore. She had been on the show since the beginning. Now they're in season 13. So it's just like an entire situation. So I truly feel like... She was just tired of it. And you can really see it on camera that she was absolutely tired of filming with the girls. She didn't want to go on trips anymore. She was just been through so much with each and every person that was on the show to the point where she was like, I just can't do this anymore. And I don't even want to think about it. I just don't want to do it anymore. And she really felt like, once you were kind of typecasted as the villain, quote unquote, of your season, it's hard to get out of that. And everybody knows, you know, fights raise ratings and we'll get into that when we talk about Monique, but they really perpetuate these stereotypes and then they shame the women that are involved in them. And it's kind of a weird trend that Bravo does. And it's also really disturbing when you think about who else is involved. So that was kind of Nini's story. And now she's done with the show. She has spoke out about boys- boycotting the show that she feels like people shouldn't watch the fake drama or whatever else is going on because, um, the reality stars themselves are not being, not being treated fairly. And she doesn't feel like that's something that people should be taking part in. So that's another little tidbit. So Mariah hood of married to medicine was not only a cast member, she was an executive producer. Now, the only other time we saw something like this was with Beverly Hills, with lisa vanderpump she was also an executive producer and she still is she left the show but she still makes her coin off of the show as an executive producer i think mariah also wanted to do this she's done it in the past she's left the show for a season or two but remained executive producer to continue to produce on the show and make money with the show but just not be on camera well apparently this time around her contract was not extended with Mary to Medicine of Atlanta and then she was also asked um not asked to come back as an executive producer and you know that's kind of the basis for her lawsuit she wants to understand you know if you don't want me on camera I just don't understand why I can't be an executive producer and why I wasn't given more notice as to what I was doing wrong or what have you to lose my executive producing credit. So that's her major issue with the show, as well as she feels like, um, the black women on Bravo are not being treated as well as their white counterparts. They're always being accused of being late for filming, not having their glam together, you know, requesting extra meals or whatever, when they say that their white counterparts request more and are given, you know, exactly what they're requesting and, you usually have no issues getting it so that's another one of her concerns and then i just kind of wanted to touch on um monique samuel's situation because as we all know at this point monique has quit housewives And you can watch the last season that she was involved in and kind of understand why. Because it was really a setup to boost their ratings, to show these fights, to perpetuate there's more going on than what was actually going on. And it was all for ratings. It was all for money. And then to come back to the reunion show and kind of being shamed for, you know, fighting or whatever and provoking each other and then fighting or whatever the situation they wanted to make it seem, but at the end of the day, it's like you wanted a fight because Potomac got pushed back. Potomac was supposed to come out in early summer. It got pushed back to September or so, I believe September or August. So until this fight happened, this show was so close to being shelved. It wasn't even funny. Like there was nobody that people were turning back in for. And if they didn't have all this drama, they literally would have had no show. Every single housewife was trying to pull a storyline as fast as they could because they knew how quickly their whole franchise could be done away with just like Miami. So they knew what they had to do. They knew they had to kick up the drama. And then for all of them to kind of try to blame everything on Monique and then for, you know, Candace to cry and say she still has PTSD from it and she still triggered by it and all these things I mean to me I guess everybody has their own opinions on it I feel like it's a complete sham for somebody to grab you and you still feel that way months and months later and then be able to kind of get violent in the very next episode with somebody else's husband I'm just not buying it um from Candace but that's just my personal opinion but overall Andy Cohen is under fire for his treatment of Monique at the um Real Housewives of Potomac Reunion. He's limited his comments because people have been dragging him for filth on social media. Watch What Happens Live has dropped in ratings. And I think people are looking at Andy as kind of the culprit for all this. While Andy, in a flip side, is now blaming production. He's saying the production of the reunion makes it seem like he went really hard on Monique when he went that hard on all the women, but all of it wasn't shown. And experts and sources say closest to the show that Giselle was actually the one that flipped out that night and they did not show any of it in any of the three parts of the reunion that she was screaming and cursing and just going off on Monique's husband and that it was never shown and the film was just you know cut out of the reunion so I don't know it's not like a producer to blame another producer for how a reunion came out but at the same time I guess he's willing to do anything to keep the heat off of him and then another turn of events Monique has came out and said that her and Andy are still cool but I feel like she's doing that to save the connection and save face Because she's saying she's not coming back to the show, but people are saying that she still may come back to the show. It's just that there's a lot going on. But if there's discrepancies going on between black women at Bravo and their white counterparts, then that would not be shocking to me because it happens everywhere else. In media, in corporate America, in politics, in food service, in any industry you can think of, it happens there. So um, I commend these women for standing up for themselves And filing these lawsuits, I don't know if they'll go anywhere. Um, But just for the simple fact that they're really trying to get out there, the discrepancies and, you know, people kind of made fun of Nini for saying boycott Bravo. But when the cases go to trial and the concrete evidence comes out of discrimination you know this may be an issue this may be something that people are talking about really doing boycotting bravo or at least certain shows on bravo that they don't feel like are supporting the cast that's actually in the show so i guess we'll see more when um when these cases develop but At the end of the day, if somebody's saying they're being mistreated and discriminated, you can't automatically assume they're just doing it because they left the show or they got fired from the show. It could be a reason, but you also, in these times, it would help to look into it to really see what is going on behind behind the screen and why people don't feel like it's the great opportunity that they signed up for, that it's actually something else. So more to follow on this topic, but this has been the deep dive for today. Stay tuned for our outro comments. Okay, guys, this is my least favorite part of the podcast where I have to say goodbye to you. As always, please support our sponsors. Remember, when you support our sponsors, you support our podcast and arrest the cops that killed Brianna Taylor. We won't stop till she gets the justice that she deserves. Have a beautiful day or night, wherever you are. And I love you for listening. Bye.